let's pray. And if you got your Bibles, I want you to open them up. And we're going to talk about growing cold on the eve of destruction. So if you got your Bibles, go to 2 Peter chapter 3. I'm sorry I don't have a PowerPoint because it was kind of a last-minute thing. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you, God. We thank you, God, for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. Dear God, I just pray that, Lord, through even a a warning this morning, God, that you can bring encouragement to our hearts, that you can lift our spirits this morning, God, that you can can just cause, uh, God, joy to come, Lord, into our lives, God. And we can see, God, through, Lord, that's what we've been preaching each week about in the book of Revelation. We're taking not a narrow, uh, God, just a small view, but we're coming back and taking the big picture. And, God, in the big picture, the the, 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 the number one thing that we see constantly is Jesus. And we see that Jesus wins. Jesus wins. Jesus wins, God. And, and so we win, God. And so we see the victory of Jesus, Lord. And it's, it's marvelous. And so, God, today, I want us to continue to see, God. That, and, and really, Lord, this is a good lead-in message to next week. Because really, in the, what we're going to see in those trumpets, God, is, is that, that even through all that wrath, that you win, that you, that you bring a people to repentance, God, and it's amazing. And so, Lord, I am under no today, anything that I say, I don't want anyone to be under uh, the idea that, that woe is us and that we lose, that, because, God, you've already won. You've already won the victory, and you are winning the victory, and you will win the victory. And so, Father, we just thank you for that, Lord. We thank you that you are the lifter of our heads. We thank you, Lord, that in your presence is fullness of joy, and it's your right hand or pleasures forevermore, God. And we just know you're going to speak to our hearts today and change our lives. Lord, we do pray for Brother Jimmy, God. We pray, God, that, that you would touch his, his body. We tra- pray that you would touch him spirit, soul, mind, and body. And God, most of all, we know, Lord, that you have brought him to us and us to him so that he could have a church family, so that he could have a family, part of the family of God, a man that was alone, that lives alone, has no communication. And Lord, he has found a group of people that he can, that he can belong to. And, and Father, that he feels the love of God. And Lord, just uh, help us to be, uh, God, you be everything that you need to be to him in these final hours, in these last days. We don't know how long that is. That could be a, that could be a week, that could be a month, that could be years, Lord. You are the, you're the Alpha and the Omega. You're the beginning, the end. You're the first and the last. You have the last word about our lives, God. We'll see that next week. We'll see that people want to take their own lives and they can't. Because, God, you hold that. And so, Lord, we know that we can't even cause that to happen. So, Lord, we we just thank you that, Lord, you have Jimmy's life in your hand, God. And that you're doing something wonderful in the process of that. And you're showing him the love of the body. And you're helping us, God, to to, to be your hands and feet. And, uh, Lord, we just thank you for that. We praise you for that, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen. And amen. If you got your Bibles again, turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 3, verses uh, 7 through 13. And I just want to talk this morning. I was, uh, I was just, just, this was going over and over me. I, I just uh, wrote this a while ago at the top of the page. Over, over the year, and I don't know what I'm going to do today preach, teach, preach, whatever. I don't know. But anyway, uh, o- over the years, you know, I feel like the last several years I watched the decline. Uh, of America and a nation, uh, that we're seeing that. And, uh, 
And, 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 and that just, it's been difficult. It's been difficult to watch that. I'm not saying it's over. We're at the 10 count and it's out. I hope there's a turning. hope there's a, an awakening. But, uh, but, but right now we're on the same trajectory as many fallen empires of the past. We're, we're heading swiftly into a direction I don't like and history doesn't speak well for if we continue on the slope that we're going on, short of God awakening us and, and, and lifting us out of that. And and uh, we've even had a couple of years ago, one of our former presidents said that we are now a post-Christian America, and we're acting like one now. It's as though when he said that, it's almost like something shifted, and we began to believe that and begin to act like that, because we went further headlong into that. And uh, we, we've seen families disintegrate. We have seen, um, we, we have seen uh, uh, redefinition even this week. If you mothers didn't know, the, the attempt to try to eradicate you, you precious ladies of being called moms. You're now birthing people. And if you use that term in this room, uh, uh, yeah, I may find you. And, uh, uh, because we've got to stop this madness. That, that, that is so you have no affection towards a mom or a dad. That is so you will use these lingos and you can disconnect yourself from intimacy with people and with each other. Because it, 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 there's really, when I say mom or mommy, it, it, there's relationship there. There's connection. There is intimacy. But when I say a birthing person, that is totally detached and there is no relationship or intimacy there. And that's what we've done in this nation. Is, is redefined and turned. We, we, we got woke, so to say, and we're, we're replacing everything. And the sad part is I hear Christians falling right in line to the garbage and, use, and, and playing right into it and using the terms because we're sta- scared to rock the boat. We're scared, so we're going to change the whole culture, change the whole world, and even the church because we're so scared of society around us. And it's sickening, and, it, and it's working, and the enemy is using it to cause a, a, a lot of, uh, because I see it, and I see it in post, and I see it in people, and we're so skittish and want to use this politically correct garbage, and we bought into all of that, and, and in the process of it, it has destroyed, it has destroyed mothers, it has destroyed fathers, it has destroyed definition of marriage between a man and a woman, it has destroyed, it, it, is, it, is, it has been used to destroy, and it is destroying, and, and so uh, we're, we're seeing this. We see this in uh, 9-11. I remember how everybody flooded to the church and then when they didn't find their answers because sadly the pulpits couldn't tell you what was going on because they wanted to continue with their prosperity messages and they wanted to continue with with their false gospels and their kingdom now messages that everybody was confused and when they didn't get their answers they left in droves more than that went in. And so we saw this and now with COVID we're seeing it's like a flip that we flipped a switch and I'm I mean, I have people even, and I hate to just call out, but I'm going to call out because I just think it's time that it's insane. And if we don't, I'm worried about us in this room. I've had people leave this church since COVID that have left because they want to go to ungodly friends and they want to gamble. Flat out. Flat out. That's the shit. That's what they tell me. I would rather have this than Jesus. I've had people tell me they would rather smoke pot They would rather do drugs and hang out with their other friends than to have Jesus. 
Half the college kids that entered into college now are out in the workforce that are your kids are not in this house today. They're not attending a church. Is this not where we're at, folks? Is this not the truth? They're not in church today. They're sitting on a couch right now. Watching, sucking in the garbage of the world. And we are too scared to say that maybe they're not saved. Maybe they have forsaken the gospel. Maybe they have left the faith. And, we're, and, 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 and Christians are not being Christians. We're not living this book out. We're just saying, I got saved in 1972, and I went into a church, and I prayed a prayer, and now I just can, I can just coast and do whatever I want to do and wait. I can live like, like, like just, uh, excuse my French, but hell until Jesus comes. That's not what I see in the pages of Scripture. It's not what I see that we continue to feed our lust and, and the flesh. And so, so uh, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about growing cold on the eve of destruction. Uh, we are to live, and I wasn't going to scream and shout and, and sound negative. Uh, but, but, but we are going to, we, we've got to live as though the end of all things is here. That's how the Bible is, calls us to live. And sadly, I see the opposite. I thought when I was young, I always said, if, if, if when I, I'll sow, sow my wild oats. Somebody did that. You were just foolish. And you said, I'll sow my wild oats. And when I hit a certain age, I'm going to get right with God and act my age and, act, and, you know, and, and get right before the Lord comes. Well, that, that and I thought, always thought that when I saw the, the things becoming more wicked and more vile, that would be the, the sign to me. Me, Daniel, that would make me straighten up, pop, and get into church and get my life right. But see, that's not what's happening today. Today, the signs are all around us. It's getting more wicked, more vile, more evil, and it's collapsing all around us. And yet, we're still choosing the world and the world's ways and not God. It's appalling. It's unbelievable what we're seeing. And while we're supposed to be living as if the all the end of all things is near, we're supposed to be awake, we're supposed to be diligent, and we're supposed to be Waiting on the return of our master. Years ago, David Wilkerson wrote a book uh, called, called uh, The Vision. And when he wrote it, he was warned by publishers and all kinds of people, do not publish this book. He saw things that, that at that time nobody could have known that God showed him. He saw boxes on top, little black boxes on top of our televisions that would bring in pornography into our homes. That people would no longer have to go to these places where they'd go down into seedy parts of town, but he saw boxes that would be on our televisions and that these would come right into our living rooms and we would be see drinking in, people in the church, drinking in this filth, drinking in these kind of things. He saw disobedient parents. He saw the apostasy of people leaving the church. He saw all of these things. He saw a thousand fires in the streets of New York City. He saw all kinds of things that were going on. They said, do not do not. We're warning you. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna kill your ministry if you preach on any of this. And they called him a false prophet and told him not to preach those things. But when 9/11, some of the other things began to happen. The, the phone started ringing, and they wanted to know, is this it? Is this what you saw? Is this what happened? And so, so, but, but, but you, you say when we preach things like this, when you hear things like that, oh, that's a prophet of doom. Oh, these are these are uh, uh, bad news preaching that's going on. Well, if I'm a bad news preacher, then so was Peter. 
Okay, if I'm a bad news preacher, if all we're supposed they told him, they told Wilkerson when they did the, all you're supposed to do, there is no way I'm preaching that bad news. You should always preach good news. The gospel is good news. Well, if, it's, if that's all it is, then Peter is a false prophet because I want you to look at what Peter warned. And here's what I'm warning us today. He, he warned this, but the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word are kept in store and they are reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of who? Ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering, thank God. Here's the good news in this message. He is so long-suffering. He is long-suffering towards us, desiring and not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, Right? But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. That means when you're not looking for it. That means when you think everything's just fine. That means when you think you can go out and party today and live it up. Or you can do this or you can do that. Or you can sow your oats or you can live however you want. It's coming like a thief in the night. When do thieves come? Do they come when you're ready? Do they come when you got the doors locked and the Glock on the nightstand? No. They come when you, they have cased the joint. They've looked out. They know. And they come when you are not ready. And that's when they break into your house in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat the earth also and the works that therein shall be burned up Peter you're a negative Nancy man you are just a downer man preaching this stuff how dare you I wouldn't put this book out you'll 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 ruin your ministry seeing then that all these things must be dissolved Everything around you is going to disappear with fire. It's going to be dissolved with burning fire and burning heat. Because of that, what manner of persons ought you to be? In all holy conversation and godliness, looking for in the hasting the coming of the day of God, again, Wherein, when he comes, the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, according to his promise, what promise? He's going to dissolve everything. He's coming and he's going to dissolve it with the brightness of his coming. Look now for a new heaven and a new earth because the other one's toast. Right? Wherein the righteous dwell. Now, God's fiery judgments, which are stored up, are held in reserve, and it's meant to provoke us to holy living. You know why we don't have a lot of holy living? There is no fear of the Lord. There are no messages like this coming from many pulpits. 
Listen, in the original Greek, 2 Peter 3.11 reads, In light of everything being dissolved. This is how it reads in the Greek. In light of everything being dissolved, what country are you of? Are you of this earth, which will be dissolved and melt away? Or are you a citizen of the heavenly Zion, the city whose builder is God? Peter is saying that this knowledge God gives you of the destruction of the present heaven and earth ought to encourage you to holy living and to holding this word very world very lightly and holding this very tightly. Amen? Amen. Peter then goes on to say in verse 14 that we are not to dread the coming destruction, but we are to look for it, we are to anticipate it, and in doing so to keep our garments spotless as we look for it, as we long for it, as we anticipate it, as we get excited about it. It keeps the fear of God in our hearts. It keeps us excited that He's coming, that there's going to be a place where the righteous dwell, that we're going to win in the end, we're going to be okay, and it's going to keep our garments from giving in and being spotless by the world. Amen? Amen? Seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found in he, of Him in peace without spot and blameless. If Peter were resurrected today and he were to come to America, he would be appalled at the soft cotton candy preaching that has taken place and has taken place over the last 10 or 20 years in our pulpits. He would ask, why were they not warned? Why are these people who once sat in this church and now are going nowhere, why were they not warned? Because this is the next thing that's coming. One day, they're going to be watching Netflix and it's like a thief in the night. It's coming. It's coming. And there will be no running to the church. And there will no be running to get oil in your lamp. And there will be no running to get things right, Brad. In just the nick of time after you've sold your wild oats. It will be the last call. It will be like the ark shutting the door and the storm's still coming. Amen? Amen. He would say, why aren't you warning that there is coming destruction? Why are you not warning your neighbors that this earth is going to be destroyed? Why are you not warning your co-workers that this earth is going to be destroyed? They're living like they've got forever. Why are you warning them that they think they can party forever? That this present earth is reserved for fire and judgment and wrath from God. Amen? Turn from this untoward and perverse generation. Turn, Peter said. Turn from it. Right while there's still time, turn before destruction comes. Why aren't they provoking them to holy living with these warnings? Why is no one warning that sinners can fall into the hands of an angry God like Jonathan Edwards warned about? Do you not know that Jesus gave that warning? Listen to Matthew 24, 29. He said, the sun shall be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, the stars of heaven shall fall, and the powers of heaven will be shaken. That's what he said. Listen to what Isaiah the prophet wrote about. And all the host of heaven shall be dissolved, and the heavens shall be rolled together as a scroll, and all their hosts shall fall down as the leaf falleth from the vine. Listen to what John on the Isle of Patmos said in Revelation 6. We read it a couple of weeks ago. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood, and the stars of heaven fell into the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs, and the heavens departed. 
departed as a scroll when it is rolled together and every mountain and island were removed out of their places. That's what the Bible tells us is coming. And the willful ignorance of God's righteous judgments. Peter was given these warnings and he was given them to stir us up. To stir up our minds to pure living. To stir us up, to wake us up out of our apathy. To wake us up and say, hey, maybe drugs are not a good idea. Maybe that's not the road I need to be taking now. Maybe gambling is not the road. Maybe I need to cut all ties with these people that are pulling me back down in the road of darkness. Maybe I need to go the course of Jesus. Amen? And Peter was given these awesome things to stir up our mind, to bring to remembrance. Hey, judgment's coming. Hey, there is a payday someday. Hey, read the back of the book. God does deal with sin. God does deal and brings wrath. God does say enough is enough. And Peter's warning is trying to stir up people's minds. And guess what he says? While I'm trying to stir up people's minds, you can turn your internet on and say, man, that guy just screams and yells and brings us down every week. Or you can leave this church probably like many have and said, I'm out of here. This is too hard for me. And you can go down the road because Peter says at the same time he's warning people to stir up their minds and to stay living holy and to stay the course because Jesus is coming soon. He said there's going to be plenty of scoffing shepherds. And here's what he says they'll say. He says, they'll be walking after their own lust, ridiculing the message of Christ's soon return. There shall come in the last day scoffers, walking after their own lust and saying or teaching and preaching, where is the promise of His coming, Brad? Where is it at? We've heard that all of our lives. He's not here. We're going to bring in a nice kingdom age and then He's going to come. Don't listen to that church man down there. Don't listen to that preacher. Sit back, relax. Just, just coast. Everything is going to be fine. Church should be about fun. It should be about coffee. It should be about cotton candy. It should be about parades. It should be about fun things. It should be about a Disney world for your kids. It should be about a great youth group. That's what church don't listen to the guy down there screaming like Noah. He doesn't know what he's talking about. There will come in the last days preachers, teachers, people Christians at your work saying, chill out. Scoffers walking after their own lust. This is what they want. This is what you want. This is what you want God to do. But the book says something else. I have to line up with what the book says. Amen? i got to come into line with what God says, not what I want. And they're saying, where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were for since the creation. In other words, Peter calls them liars because he says this, things have not continued as business from, as usual from, from the creation. He says they're willfully ignorant of the past. They're willfully ignorant of history. They don't, they don't, don't they remember Noah? Don't they understand? And won't they look back on creation? Won't they look down through the history? At 
at nations and people in Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, they, he said, think about Noah, he's saying. They know there was once a preacher of righteousness named Noah who warned for 120 years. God has already shown the world that he will judge wickedness. He's already shown the world he has the stomach to do it, that he will do it. He's already shown the world when he says, I come like a thief in the night. I will come like a thief in the night. like your daddy's mama saying go to your room when your daddy gets home right things have not continued since they were from the beginning the bible's full of examples it's full of warnings that god does judge Sin. It tells us. It's full of examples of this. It shows us the destruction of Sodom. It shows us the destruction of Judah. It shows the destruction of Judea. It, it, but, 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 but they willingly ignore it all. They willingly ignore this because, because we don't want to preach anything that will upset the tithe. We don't want to preach anything that will upset the numbers. We don't want to preach anything to upset your little psyches and your self-worth uh, in this room, right? We've got to tell everything happy. It's got got to be butterflies and rainbows and unicorns, right? And there's a place for that, but there's also a place for this. And he says they're walking, they're ignorant because they're walking after their own lust. They want popularity, they want acceptance, and a lot of times they get their, their hand in your back pocket. Yeah. And you find out what they're really after. Uh, they, they begin to come up with things like embracing, like we did for the last 20 years, kingdom now uh, doctrines, where it all caters to the lust of men. They spiritualize fire. They spiritualize destruction. They put the coming of the Lord off to some future day at a time when they've taken dominion on the earth and secured everything, and they're the hero of the story, and you see the lust all in it. But, but Peter says these preachers are killing off Holy Ghost conviction. That's what they're doing. They're killing off the conviction of the Holy, the Holy Spirit because they preach the very opposite message of what Peter preached. And here's what Peter warns in verses 13 and 14. He says, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwells the righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you be, may be found of him in peace without spot and without blameless. And today we hear he's not coming, or he's putting it off, or we got a while, or we can wait, or all of that. But folks, I'm telling you something today, uh, we, we need to recognize, listen to what Peter went on to say in verse 7. The heavens and the earth, which are now our world, by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and the perdition of ungodly men. Listen to me. Listen, I love America. I love this nation. And I understand there are lots of good people. I understand we got lies on the news. I understand that when you go about your day, there are a lot of good people still left in this world. I understand that. I understand there's a lot of good people you work with. There's a lot of good family members. There's a lot of good people. But can I tell you something? If you just get really, really truthful, America should have been destroyed by fire already at the first one million abortions. We should have been destroyed at the last million rapes. Right? 
We should have been destroyed at the last $10 billion worth of drugs. We should have been, we should have been destroyed with the Supreme Court thumbed their nose at God and took prayer out of school and Bible reading and all of these things, folks. Why have we been spared until now? I'll tell you why. The same reason that Noah was allowed to preach for 120 years and God spared that generation too. He loves us. He loves you. He is desiring that none should perish but that all should come to repentance and he's still crying out even when we're behaving like this and saying I love you please don't turn to the world's ways please don't go off on the eve of destruction please stay the course come back to me I love you hang on a little bit longer don't stop going to church don't stop reading your Bible don't stop praying don't start believing this is a fairy tale don't start entertaining false gods and everything else that's come into our world and into our borders and start entertaining that. I am real. I love you. You're on my own record. Read the book and understand that everything I've said is coming to pass, but I'm waiting a little bit longer because I want you. And you're in this church today and we don't know if today may be the last day before the thief in the night comes. And, 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 and that's it. And so today may be the day that God is knocking on your heart and begging you and travailing with you and saying, don't grow cold on the eve of destruction. You're hearing a voice call out to you and saying, come to me. Come to me, and I will in no wise cast you out. And for the same reason that God waited patiently 120 years in the days of Noah, listen to what he said in 1 Peter 3.20, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. Listen, God gets no pleasure out of the death of the wicked. He's on record of saying that. He's on record of waiting. He's on record of wooing. He's on record. You're going to see next week just how much. You're going to see six trumpet blasts that you're going to see that he blows these trumpets of wrath. And the whole reason and the whole time he is trying to get a people to come to God. And you're going to see how they continue to reject their own salvation. But finally, in that last woe that comes, there's some turning, a little bit of turning that goes on there. And that's God's heart. God desires that none should should perish. He's long-suffering to us, word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wants men to come to repentance. He's preparing Zion. He is pouring out His Holy Spirit. He is tearing down idols and doing all sorts of things on this earth to try to get us to become a people not having spot or wrinkle. And many believers, listen to me, will be led away by the great flood of iniquity. And this is what I'm seeing right now, and I'm warning you. I'm warning God, me. I'm warning us, because every week I see less people. And I don't know if it's my wonderful preaching, or if it's that we're just growing so cold on the eve of destruction. And it's not just me, because I'm hearing it in every church. And I'm seeing it where people are done with the Lord. They're done with God. They're done with church. They're going in, they're just going all in to what they want. 
And many believers will be led away by a great flood of iniquity. Listen to what Jesus warns in Matthew 24, 12. Listen to what he says. Jesus warns on the eve of destruction at the midnight hour for mankind. This is what he says. The love of many believers will be cold. This is right at the, right at the end. Right at the end. The love of many will grow cold. That, that right at the midnight hour. Right at the end, this is what, and, and, and here's what the Greek means, and because, and it says this, and because iniquity shall abound, look at that first part, and because iniquity shall abound, and because iniquity, sin, wrong, evil, that we think doesn't matter, yes it matters, and because iniquity shall abound, it's going to cause many to fall away. It's going to cause many to grow cold. It's going to cause many of your family members and your children and people in your family and all around at your workplace to say, I'm done. I could care less about God. God hurt me and my family back when and I'm done. He didn't answer my prayer. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. I've been to church all my life. I've tried church. I'm done with it. And you're going to see because iniquity is going to increase, it says the love of many believers in that day will wax cold. And the Greek means it refers to a great number or a large host. In other words, think of it. Judgment is at the door. The angels of God are standing ready to release the fires of judgment to unleash this cosmic explosion that will engulf all of nature. And many Christians decide... I'm going to grow cold in that time. Folks, this ought to scare us. You don't look like, I don't see that. I don't see the fear of the Lord on my seats grabbing the pews white knuckle like they used to do in churches. I'm going to see a flip it in our lives and in our attitudes like, well, I'm going to eat after church. I don't care. This This ought to bother us. This ought to shake us. This ought to cause us to tremble. Not only for our own life, but for our family and our friends and our children and other people who are falling away leaps and bounds and are giving in to the iniquity of the hour. And, and, and it says, it large numbers and large hosts will begin to fall away. It wax cold means reduction of temperature by degrees, evaporation little by little. Is that what you feel like has been happening since COVID? Your heart has just been going little by little, just getting a little colder, a little colder, a little colder. You know, we were all, oh man, we're locked in our houses. I'm reading my Bible every day. Where's that Bible plan that they gave me? I really need to get in those devotions and read that Bible plan. Really need to get, I wish I could go to church. I want to beat the, man, y'all were calling the pastor ready to beat us upside the head and drag us into the streets if we didn't open the churches. And now it's like, well, if I can make it today, I'll go. Wednesday night, man, never. Wednesday night, meal to fellowship, never. I'm not going to make that effort. Maybe a Sunday every month, once, if, if the family hadn't, it doesn't inconvenience us. And I know I'm preaching to the choir. Y'all are here every week. I get that. But, 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 but we're seeing it around us as iniquity increases. And I want it to warn my own heart because I do see the, the, the proverbial uh, pot, the frog in the pot, that some days I'm longing to get here to hear Daniel and say, man, I can't wait to hear about 1 Corinthians today. And other days I'm dragging saying, man, yeah, I wish I could stay home. I don't want to do this. I want to stay home and, and, and just not be there at all. You know, and I feel that in my heart. I feel 
feel that waning. And so he says that it's this wax cold means the reduction of temperature by degrees. Evaporation little by little by little when the believers ought to be wide awake and expectant, when they ought to be aware and overflowing with zeal and love, they are being chilled degree by degree by degree. And I'm honestly, I can see it from up here. I can see it in your eye, in my eyes. I can see it in our eyes. I can see it in our hearts. I can see it in other people who have already exited out of the building. That 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 just that 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 degree of growing colder and colder and colder in the decaying of our love. And the Bible says that many deceivers and many who follow, many there will be many deceivers at this time that will come, and many will follow them in these days. It'll be so easy to follow those people. There will be these last day deceivers, false prophets, and many who will follow them. For listen to what it says in Second John uh, verse seven. It says, "For many deceivers are entered into the world, and many shall follow their evil ways, and because of them the way of truth shall be spoken of, evil spoken of." The Bible says in Second Peter two two. Then it says in Titus, it says, "For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers who subvert whole houses, teaching things they ought not for filthy lucre's sake." Sake. In other words, Satan is now pouring out flood of wickedness on God's people and 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 and, and it's just it's just working. And how many know right now don't we feel like politicians will admit we're losing the war on drugs, we're losing the war on pornography, we're losing the war on violence, we're losing the war on crime in our cities. Our walls are down and and and, and everything seems unstoppable and Satan is behind this and he's continuing to pour out this flood of filth that is affecting not only the world but now affecting as iniquity increases in the Love of the church grows cold. It's even affecting the church. And Jesus warned that this iniquity is going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. And if we refuse to stop this flood in our minds, hear me, we're going to get carried away by it. Thank God I was talking to somebody before church and they said, I'm done. I've stopped watching the news. I said, Praise the Lord, because it's all lies. Do you know the day after the big shooting that I always saw was how the, you know, their agenda and what they used for that? Do you know there was a, a big shooting just, as big, just about as bad in, in, do you understand, in Gary, Indiana the next day at a block party? And it was nowhere to be found because it didn't fit the narrative and the agenda. You couldn't find it on one new spot hardly. You had to search for it like impossibly because we're being fed lies. We're being fed what, 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 what stuff to fuel us and anger us and pit us against each other and reprogram us and recondition us and change our, 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 our marriages and change our church and change our family and change everything. And if we refuse to stop this flood in our minds and turn back and begin to take this and live by this and filter everything through this. Do you know what? When I came to Christ, do you know what? Every decision I make, I don't filter it through CNN and Fox. I don't filter it through the education system. Every decision. Decision I make, I filter through this. Do I take a job? Do I hold on to anger? Do I do I do I do I have to forgive Raymond? <laughs> do, do everything, folks, but I don't see people doing that. 
I see them filtering it through what their friends say or through what the world tells them. But it's through this book, everything. I have to bow my knee and submit to what the Word of God says. Amen? Everything I go into this book and say, do I take this job? Do my kids, my kids say they want to go in this direction. But what does God say? What does God say? We stand up to those. If my kid came on tomorrow and said, I'm leaving for the mission field. Well, you know, I'm going and I'm sitting there saying, oh, no, you're not. I'm your daddy and I want you to stay here because of my need. What does God say? I bow my knee to God. Amen. And, and so that, that's what we have to filter it through. But sadly, we're not doing that. And now uh, uh, we're, we're just seeing that so many minds are flooded by the filth of the world. And, it, and, it's, and it's, 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 it's causing so many of us to turn back from God. Can you imagine being one of the many who will slowly grow cold the nearer we get to the midnight hour? Many who were delivered from sin. Can you imagine? I'm seeing it now, folks. These people that I was talking about, they were delivered from some of the very things they're going back to now delivered from them stayed in this church for years and saying I'm done I'm out I'm going back to it Some of you were delivered from false doctrines. Some of you from pornography. Some of you from, from gambling. Some of you from drugs. Some of you from alcohol. Some of you from all sorts of things. All of a sudden to now be entertained and say, I want to enjoy life a little bit. This gospel and this stuff, there's too much negative going on all around me. And now i got to come to church. And you mean to tell me God's going to destroy everything in the end? I don't need to hear all that. I, 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 that's too hard. Well, that's exactly what happened to the disciples in John 66. 6 and 60. They came to him and he said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they said, whoa, I don't want any part of that. The things you've been telling us lately. I loved all those miracles. I loved all that healing. I loved all that. The kingdom's coming. I loved all that stuff. But man, the things you've been talking about lately, Jesus, I can't jive and get on board with. Rome's oppressing us. There's a lot of things. We had lockdowns. My mama died. All these things are beginning to happen. I don't think I can take the negativity anymore. We're out of here, Jesus. We'll see you. See you on the next tour around and they're gone and he turns to his disciples and said do you want to go too are my sayings too hard is it too difficult and and, and you want to simply quit and yet that's what we're seeing is so many people are turning away now and they're simply quitting on God they're quitting on the gospel and 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 we're not to grow weary in well-doing the Bible tells us and that's not what he's talking about all of us grow weary in well-doing from time all of us can't wake up today depressed and say I miss church but then something convicts us and we come back the next week and we we try we get back up on the horse and ride again this is a totally different group that is finally saying I'm done it's too hard I want, to, I want to have fun. Girls just want to have fun. And we're going to sow our wild oats and just enjoy life a little bit. But see, here's the deal in closing. Even God's woes can be honey from heaven. So I said all of that to say, even what you've heard me say about what's coming, even God, and you're going to see that next week so clear. You're going to see that even in God's wrath, you're going to see God's so good. He is so good. He is so wise. He is so awesome. And just like you saw there's a purpose in suffering last week, you're going to see there's a purpose in wrath. And you're going to see that mankind left to himself needs what God has. And it's meant for us to turn. And God is long-suffering. You're going to see that in those trumpet blasts. You're going to finally see after all this horror when they still let the mountains fall on us. Yeah, God. And finally he wears them down to where there's repentance. 
It's unbelievable. I've never seen that. And he wants us to repent. And all these things that seem so horrible are necessary and they're for our God. And so even God's woes that we're talking about today. Next week, you're going to see three woes. But even God's woes can be honey from heaven. Because, because here, listen, you can measure a man's love for his Lord by how much he respects every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Let me say that again. You can measure a man's love for his Lord by how much he respects Every word that comes out of the mouth of God. That means you take the good and you take the bad because you know God is good. A preacher once said this, I can't serve a God of wrath. I, uh, uh, I will preach nothing but encouragement. And, and I would say to that guy, he knows nothing of God's honey. He knows nothing of God's honey. Uh, listen to what the Lord instructed Ezekiel. And I'm, I'm going to close in a few minutes, but listen to what he said. Son of man, this is Ezekiel 2, and I'm, it's 1 through 10, but I'm kind of shortening it. Son of man, stand upon your feet, and I will speak unto you. And I send thee to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that hath rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me, even unto this day. For they are imputed children... Uh, uh, and stiff-hearted, but thou, son of man, hear what I say unto thee. Be not thou rebellious like the rebellious house. Open thy mouth and eat what I give thee. And when I looked, behold, and hand was sent unto me, and lo, a, a roll, a book there, just like the one in uh, in Revelation six, just like the one handed to Jesus almost, except a little tiny one. And he spread and, and he spread it before me, and it was written without and within, and there was written therein lamentations and mourning. And woe. God's woes were honey to the prophets. Listen to what he goes on to say. He goes on to say in Ezekiel 3, 1 through 3. But not thou rebellious. How, how could Ezekiel be rebellious? By not preaching the truth. That's how he could be rebellious. And listen to what he says about the judgment that God gave him. He said, a hand was sent unto me. This was the hand of God. God's hand held out a scroll written on both sides with lamentation, mourning, and woe. All written by the finger of God. And what does Ezekiel do with those very hard words of God? He is told to eat them, to satisfy his belly with them. Moreover, he said unto me, son of man, eat thou, uh, eat the, and find and eat the roll and go speak into the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and caused me to eat the roll. And he said unto me, Son of man, cause thy belly to eat and fill thy bowels. That means heed it and take it to heart. Fill your bowels with this roll that I've given you. Then did I eat and it was in my mouth honey for sweetness. He ate the lamentation, the woes. He ate the good and the bad in this book. He didn't just preach one-sided gospel. He didn't just preach the prosperity gospel. Everybody's going to be healthy. Everybody's going to be wealthy. Everybody's going to be wise. God's never going to let anything bad. Everybody's going to have a Cadillac in here. Everybody's going to get a lot of money. Oh, you sow a thousand, we'll give you 20,000. I mean, come on, who'll give me one? Who'll give me Anybody would tell. He said, eat the woes and the honey and the lamentations and all of it. And when he ate it, it was good. It was good. Listen to what, he took it to heart. And now listen to what Jeremiah said, Jeremiah 28 and 8. He said, the prophets that had been before me and before thee of old prophesied both against many countries and against great kingdoms of war. They prophesied of evil and of pestilence. Folks, that's your Bible. Ever since God created the world, He's had prophets and people that stood up and they, they gave both the honey, 
They told both of the God's grace and his love and his mercy, which is so infinite and so wonderful. And they've also told of, of war and famine and destruction and, and, and wrath and so many other things. And both are equally as well. David had respect for all of God's word. He, his love never grew cold. And he took the positive with the negative. And listen to what he wrote in Psalm 19, 9 through 11. He said, the fear of the Lord is clean. It's enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous all together. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, much than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey of the honeycomb. And listen to what he says. By them is thy servant warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. By them is the servant warned. And I'm warning you today. I'm warning you that you are in danger because of the iniquity that is going on in this society and in your family and the wokeness and everything that's going on around you, I am warning you that we are in danger of growing cold if we haven't already done so on the eve of destruction. And I am encouraging you to please arouse yourself, waken yourself, Keep going in the things of God. Keep going. Keep going in spiritual disciplines. Keep doing the Bible out. Keep reading the scriptures. Keep putting on the worship music. Keep sending each other encouraging words. Keep going in the faith. Keep coming to church. Keep teaching. Keep preaching. Keep going. Even when it feels like nobody's coming, Daniel. Even if we have nobody else. Let me tell you about a story. Man, I got to quit. I got to quit. I got to quit. There's a story. There's a story. They, one of my favorite preachers, Carter Conlon, they, they, were, they were doing something in, in, um, in Canada, and they planned this event, and it poured down rain. And there was nobody there. Nobody showed up. And the praise team people came up and said, well, should we just pack it up and go home? And the Holy Spirit told him no. Holy Spirit said, said Sing. And so he said, well, we got the stuff here. We got everything out. Why don't we just go ahead and worship? And so they begin to worship. And they worship some more. And they worship some more. And finally, the praise team leader quit and said, can, can we pack it up now? Shouldn't we just pack it up and go? And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to Pastor Carter and said, I want you to preach. And he's like, preach? And he said, nope, I'm going to preach. And the Lord said, I want you to preach like you're preaching to a million. And he said, and so he began to preach. And it was the end, of, end of, he preached the whole message. And at the end of the message, he's like, all right, that's it, Lord. We're going to wrap it up. And the Lord said, now I want you to give an altar call. And he's like, there's nobody here. He said, give an altar call. And he gave an altar call. And this old drunk rolled out from behind the bushes and came down and gave his heart and life to the Lord. And then another one came out from the other side and came down and gave his heart and life to the Lord. Amen. So we're going to keep preaching if there's one in here, if there's two in here, if there's ten in here, if there's whatever in here. And, and, and because sometimes things look foolish in, in the natural, but they're not. And so he said, so, so by them a servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. And the most, the most merciful thing God can do is send a, is a prophet of doom to come and warn you if there's coming destruction coming. 
The greatest thing he can do if we're headed to a cliff and destruction in a, in a country, in a nation, in a world is to send a Noah and to, and to thunder out and say we're headed the wrong way. Turn back. Call on God. Get right. Uh, that's, that's the greatest thing that we could do. Free, flee the wrath of God is honey. Those are honey words. Without holiness, holiness, no man can see the Lord. Those are honey words. Except you repent, you shall die in your sins. Those are honey words. The earth and also all the works therein will be burned one day. Those are honey words. Jeremiah said those words, were. Uh, I found them, I did eat them, and thy word was unto me joy and rejoicing in my heart. And listen, here's it for real. Only those who endure to the end will be saved. That's what Jesus warned lastly. Matthew 24, 13. But he that shall endure to the end shall be saved. In other words, those who love, whose love never decays. Those whose love never waxes cold. Those who lo- whose love endures to the end. Timothy ties it into our attitude towards sound doctrine. Hear me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Listen. He, he ties it to your attitude of sound doctrine because this is what he says. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine and they will turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. And that's what many of our children now who don't come to church and said, I went to college, I got woke, I got awakened, and you know what? I'm done with grandma's religion, I'm done with y'all, I'm out of here, and I, the church has nothing for me anymore. See, there, there's, there's this love that waxes cold, there's iniquity that begins to abound, and then there's this resistance to pure doctrine. Oh, I know what y'all preach over there. Y'all still preach in, tr- in, 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 in the doctrine of a man and a woman. Y'all still preach the doctrine that mommies are called mommies. Y'all still preach the doctrine that God preaches, and that the Word of God preaches over there, that is still sin and that, 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 that we should come out of the world and be separate. No, we're, we, we don't go for that. And that's why we now have this attitude towards organized religion and everybody's so happy about I don't want to be under anybody because I'm free of all of that. Because you know why? Because you don't want any doctrine. And so Timothy said there'll come a day where you'll cast this off and you won't endure sound doctrine. And they'll turn away their ears from the truth and be turned unto fables. There'll be this great resistance to pure, uncorrupted doctrine. Sound doctrine conforms hearers to godliness. When you sit under sound doctrine, when you read sound doctrine, that's what conforms your life to God. When you're not under sound doctrine, you are not transformed and conformed into the very image and likeness of God. Amen? And so it says that the widespread rejection of holiness preachers will come and because they receive not the love of the truth for this cause God will send them strong delusions that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but they had pleasure in what? Unrighteousness. That's what it is, folks. They don't want to submit to God. To God's Word. 
So I create a new doctrine that says I can, I can get high, I can do whatever I want to do, I can have all the sex I want to have outside of marriage, I can do whatever I want to do because I've created a new God, a new Bible, and everything, and a new place where I can worship, and, 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 and they don't want sound doctrine, and the love grows cold, and the rejection of truth, and God sends them a strong delusion, and everybody thinks they're okay in it. They believe a lie, but they're damned. Isaiah 9, 13, Yet the people do not turn back to Him who struck them, nor do they seek the Lord of hosts. Jeremiah mourns for the people. And the reason I preach this so much, folks, is because my heart breaks at what I'm seeing. Yet the people do not turn back. Listen to what Jeremiah says. Thou hast stricken them. And I'm watching God strike our nation. I'm watching God strike the world. I'm watching, I'm watching what we've done to ourselves through sin. And I'm watching and I'm watching the effects of it. And you would think people would turn back to God. And listen, like Jeremiah, the, thou hast stricken them, but they have not grieved. Thou hast consumed them, but they have refused to receive correction. Is that not our world? I mean, am I the only one? I had to ask Corey. I said, am I going crazy? Am I the only one that thinks this? Am I too over the top? 2 Peter 3.17 You therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things, beware, lest you also being led away with the error of the wicked. Here's another warning to you by beloved Peter. You, therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, these things I'm telling you that's coming, seeing you know that iniquity is going to bounce, seeing you know the love's going to grow cold, seeing you know the present world is reserved for fire and judgment against ungodliness, seeing you know these things, beware lest you also be led away with the error of the wicked and fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In other words, don't be led away by sin or false doctrine or by the anger at the Word of God. David Wilkerson one time said he had a minister friend, and it's kind of be like Jimmy. He had a minister friend, or a friend, I don't think it was a a ministry said he was terminal. He had cancer. And he thought, man, receiving that kind of word, knowing you're going to die, man, you get, something's going to change in you, right? And he said, what changed in you? Did you read the Bible more? Did you pray? Did you, did you do all kinds? He said, nothing changed. Everything I was before, I was still then. Death didn't move him to greater works. The more I saw the world spinning out of control and thought one day I'll get things right and I'll get on board with God, but until then I'm going to live it up. That, that didn't, it, seeing the world change didn't motivate Brad Lindsay. Thank God God got a hold of Brad Lindsay, but that wasn't the thing. I continued to go further headlong into the world's ways. Revelation 9. Terrible judgments and plagues are falling. You can get a, I don't know, maybe a song ready, I don't know. One third of mankind will be killed by fire. The rest of men, you're going to see this next week. 
The rest of men which were not killed by the plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, and they should not worship devils and idols of gold. Neither repented they of their murders, nor of sorcerers, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. I mean the most wicked. I'm going to wait till I see it gets really bad and I know it's the last days. I'll get right. And here they are. The trumpets are blasting. Wrath is coming down. I mean the earth is scorched a third of it. The sea is messed up a third of it. Everything is going berserk. A third of the mankind's dying everywhere. And you know what they're saying? I'm not repenting of my sorcery. I'm not stopping watching those things on television because I love them too much. I'm not stopping going down to the bingo hall because I love it too much. I'm not stopped smoking and toking a joint because I love it more than I love God. And they keep doing what they're doing. And they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores. The things they're doing that break out on them that they cause. Cause them to blaspheme God and not repent. Cold love is like concrete. It hardens. The more the love grows cold, the harder it gets. If you are allowing your heart to grow cold in the least, if you can still hear the voice of this preacher, cry out to God before it gets too set like concrete. Cry out to God and say, God, stop. My heart from growing cold. Stop my heart from growing cold to church. Stop my heart from growing cold towards those people. Stop my heart from growing cold towards reading the Bible and not believing the Bible anymore. Stop my heart growing cold towards this group of people and that group of people and all the hate feeling my heart. Stop this from growing cold into my heart because, because I don't want to become that. I don't want to become that because here in His love, if we we obey Him, we heed His commandments. Hallelujah. Father, oh Jesus, that was a lot. I know that was a lot. Dear God, may some of it have gotten through. Lord, that, that was not to make people feel bad. But every week I see, I, I just see, I just hear, I talk to people. All week long, I see it in their eyes. I hear it in their voices. I deal with them at work and other places. And I just see iniquity abounding. And I see this love waxing cold. And I just continue to see this falling away of people that it is just shocking me. And it's breaking my heart. And God, it causes me to fear for my own heart. I say, God, dear Lord, if you don't stop this, even the elect will fall away. Dear Lord, stop us. Stop it. Stop the madness. God, bring revival. Stop our hearts from growing cold 
God, stop us from, 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 from being so numb and lethargic. Stop us, God, from, from, from uh, God being so cold we can't even get on our, our knees and pray, God, about, about killings taking place in our nation, about the, about the state of our, uh, God, of our leadership, of our presidency, of our, of our, of our Congress, God, of our Supreme Court, and, and, and of all that's going on. Dear God, we ought to be in prayer meetings. We ought to be on our face before you, God. We ought to be crying out. I know there's a lot of good, and thank God. That's probably the only reason we've been spared, is if I could find ten in Sodom, would you spare it, God? I understand. We, we got Everybody in this room, you got good people. you got good people that love the Lord. You've got, you've got good ministers. you got people that preach the truth. you got people that love the truth. God, you've got young people that are doing the right thing. They're finishing college. They're staying the course. They're, they're getting good jobs, and they're producing in society. we got a lot of good things going on, right? amidst a lot of a lot of destruction and a lot of chaos and God you win that's what we're learning in the book of Revelation you win you're you're going to be victorious he who began a work in us will perform it and carry it on to completion till the coming of the Lord but dear God I want to be warned by these things I want to be reminded by these things I want them to stir up my heart to pure and holy living because God when I get away from this book when I get away from church when I get away from the people of God when I get away from from being reminded of these things and when I get too much of the world that I start drinking in I began to forget and I began to slide God away from your truth and I begin to start doubting and I begin to start living in unbelief and I start getting down and I start saying what's the use so God keep me till the end Stir up our hearts. Stir up our hearts. Stir up this church. Keep this church on fire. Keep the, the remnant that are in here on fire. Keep us faithful, God. Keep our children faithful. Keep our homes faithful. Keep us hanging on and living for the right things. Let us warn our children when we need to. Let us warn our friends when we need to. Let us warn our family when we need to, God. Let us eat this book and let us speak it out with both the woes and the lamentations, and the blessings, God. Let us give it all out, Lord, just like it came from your hand and from your mouth, God. Lord, we love you. We honor you. We give you the praise. Let your word do its work in our lives, God. Let your word do the work that it needs to do in young people, God. Lord, I can't preach enough. I can't, I can't try to scare enough. I can't, uh, I can't try to bless enough people into the kingdom of God. It's a work of your spirit. Only you can draw men into the kingdom of God. And Father, I just beg you to draw people in in this last hour. Pour out your spirit. And God, don't let one person in this room, don't let one person in this room fall away. And those that I spoke of that have gone that way, dear God, stop them. Like the prodigal son. Like the prodigal son. Stop them in their tracks, God. Let them realize that the world and what it offers leads to nothing good. And God, let let their still be a mercy moment left in this nation. Let there still be a mercy moment where, the, where, 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 you're, where people wake up and they come home, God. Bring the prodigals home. Bring them back to your house. Bring them back, God, together with your family. And Lord, we give you the praise and we give you the honor and we give you the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen.